0: Praise the Lord, praise the Lord once again, everybody. He is risen, Amen. hallelujah. I love the way that uh, when Jesus rose from the dead that he played peekaboo. he went around and like popped in the door and said, "Hey," and popped out. you know where'd he go? Jesus is awesome. He pops into your life with blessings and then pops out and you go, wait a minute, that was wonderful. It was Jesus. The blessings of life come because he pops in. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. He's good. He's good. The resurrected Christ still pops in and visits and does things that are special for our hearts. When we're broken, you know, the culture right now is just really under it. We're not so used to this many lies going on at the same time, this much deception, this much oppression. We're not used to that. And so we have a story. We're not going to let that story be our story. We're going to let this story be our story because right. he's coming back. Amen. He's coming back for those who are looking for him. Say if you, To be caught up with Jesus when he comes, be caught up with him now. Be caught up with him now. Love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Love him. You will not regret giving everything you are and everything you have to Jesus Christ. You won't regret it. The devil says you'll regret it, but you won't regret it. If there's a fear, let it be broken today. If there's a resistance, let it be melted away today. If there's a lie that you think about God, let it be broken today and let the truth of his love penetrate the depths of your soul today. Today is the day you need him. Everybody say this resurrection miracles. Resurrection miracles. Resurrection miracles. You know, Jesus, before he died on the cross and, and was buried and rose again, before that, he did all these miracles and he cast out demons. I um, was kidding around one day, but you know when it says that Mary Magdalene had seven demons cast out of her, I was thinking, that's all? I had a lot more than that. I should be in the Bible. Here's Roger, he had 44 of them at least. (laughs) Peter had a real struggle with his own pride nature. You know, how many just pride and fear will just send you right to darkness you got to get rid of pride. Pride's got to come down. Fear's got to go. Perfect love from God, cast out fear. It changes your heart. 1 Peter 1, I'm going to read. This is out of the uh, Passion Version. Chapter 1, verse 3 through 9. Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us His extravagant mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are reborn into a perfect inheritance that can never perish, never be defiled, and never diminish it is promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realm for you. My mom and dad are there. I have family members that are in the presence of Jesus. I have old Uncle Tom that came to the Lord on his deathbed. And Uncle Jack. They were resistant, rebellious their whole life. And on the deathbed. I don't get, I don't recommend waiting until the very end because there may, there may not be those people that are praying you in around you. You know what I mean? But... It was like, Lord, they ain't going to hell. And, uh, you know, many of you know this, but my Uncle Tom had a brush with death. He came out of the, he died and came back. And my mother was sitting there and says, well, are you going to give your heart to Jesus now, Tom? He goes, looks like I am. <laughs> and for the next three weeks, everybody came in and heard about Jesus. He became an evangelist the last three weeks of his life in the bed at the hospital. You can have an encounter. Why not have it today? Why don't you open it up to the love of God today? Why not give everything to, why don't you say, if you're real, show me. He loves that prayer. He loves that one. So through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy. Even though lately you've had to put up with so many griefs uh, of many trials, But these only reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes, or even gold is refined by fire. Your authentic faith will result in even more praise and glory and honor when Jesus, the anointed one, is revealed. If you're hurting, hurt it unto him. Give it to him. Lean into Jesus. You love him passionately, although you have not seen him, through believing in him, you are saturated with an ecstatic joy, indescribably sublime and immersed in glory. I have experienced those spiritual and deep emotions from the Lord. The joy unspeakable, it says, and full of glory. I've had moments where I'm beside myself with the honor of who he is and the grace By which he's poured out. If I stand here long enough, I'll just be weeping in front of you because of his goodness is so great. He's done he's done so many things. He broke a curse off my mind that was spoken to me over in my childhood. He broke it. It had stopped me from making good decisions, a curse. You don't have any common sense. My dad said it, I believed him. It went in as a demonic power over my mind. I was in a prayer time with some people. They cast it out. It was like a squid came off my brain. After that, I could make decisions. And the Lord even prophesied, said, your dad spoke to you, but now I'm going to speak to you. Daddy God will always say something good to you. He said, you had it said over you that you didn't have me come as this, but I speak to you now. This is the blessing of Father God. He says, I speak to you now, and I'm saying this to you, that when you speak, other people will say, that man makes sense to me. And the Lord has blessed me with that blessing. And I've opened up my heart about how God works and moves and changes my life and our lives together. And people go, That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. That makes and we start walking down this narrow path together. How many of you had to close doors to junk? How many of you find you need to spray some oil on some of those hinges? <laughs> Last verse of this says, For you are reaping the harvest of your faith. Full salvation promised you your soul's victory. So here's what we have in this passage We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Reborn. Born again. This is not sitting in a church, this is sitting in a lap. This is coming to know a person, a relationship. This is bonding your heart with the one who loves you the most. This has nothing to do with showing up in a building. Showing up in the building is so you can learn of his love for you. But it's when you're sitting at home alone, and that love cascades over your heart, and you know who you belong to. And it is a living, energetic hope. That we have in Him. We are reborn into a perfect inheritance that can never perish, never be defiled, never diminish. He uses three things to describe the beauty of what heaven will be never perish, never be defiled, and never diminish. There's nothing on earth that could do that. Everything perishes. Everything is defiled over a period of time. Everything diminishes. But in Christ Jesus, your hope is in a good place. Your faith is well kept. For you're reaping the harvest of your faith, he says, full of salvation promised you your soul's victory. The ultimate miracle is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The ultimate miracle on the planet. Because out of that ultimate miracle, we receive the newness of life in Christ through being born again. We receive our sins being forgiven and receiving the power of his love to live in. So the first step into God's kingdom is being born again by his spirit. I want to chat about that just for a little bit. Now, there are some people that, you know, their first encounter with the Lord might be that he heals them. They don't know him, and he just touches them. He just heals them. He does something for them. And then they turn in faith to him. Sometimes it's the hearing of the word. Sometimes it's some kind of a conversation with, with me. It was God introduced me to himself through a conversation and then some pretty dramatic word pictures, which I talked about last week, and some uh, he dealt with my heart. The Lord loves you so much. He, he's going to come to the way that makes most sense to you. He understands you. He knows who you are. He's not coming to you the way he comes to me. He comes to you the way you are. I just feel like I'm just saying, don't deny him. Don't deny him anymore. I put this up here. I just thought, sometimes God wows you with his love and power in order to woo you to himself. He wants you to know that although he is almighty, He's also all loving. Everybody say, Yay, that's you. Yeah. By the way, it's so important you know to try to get some of this stuff in because the average person, I think was, you know, talking to the certain ones in, in here, the average person doesn't really know who Father God is. You have a definition of a father that's based on the brokenness of your own relationship with your father. So you have this skewed image of Father God and it's not serving you well, and everybody has that kind of thing. Even if you had a great dad, he's still just human. He's limited. But Father God is perfect love. He's absolutely perfect. He's holy and complete in every way. And he's got you on his mind. He's got his covenant with you on his mind. And Jesus came to represent Father God perfectly. Jesus came so that you could see who Father God is. He's the perfect representation of him. He's the exact representation. In fact, Jesus never said anything that he didn't hear the Father say. He never did anything that he didn't see the Father do. He was the only person that ever lived on the planet to live the perfect will of another person. Completely. Even down to the Gethsemane moment when he's going to cry out and in wrenching pain pray because of the ordeal of the cross and losing all that blood and, and the crucifixion and what he's going to go through. He's praying, but he's still submitting to the will. And then that angel comes and strengthens him. And then he's able to go through and die for us and represent the love. It's so incredible. So you need to have Jesus be your Lord and Savior romans ten nine and ten says it this way: If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved you can't buy salvation you can't earn it it 's a free gift you can't do anything you can't sell enough rummage cake sales or whatever you can't do you can't you can't do enough Of good deeds. You can't earn anything. Religion is all about I'm gonna be better. 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 Remember that joke about the the monkey? Goes into the bar. He says, Got any bananas? Got any bananas? Got any bananas? Got any bananas? And the bartender goes, No, we don't have any bananas. No, we don't have any bananas. Got any bananas? Got any bananas? No, we don't have any bananas. (laughs) Well, if you say that one more time, I'm gonna nail your tongue to the wall. And the monkey goes, got anything else? He goes, no. He goes, got any bananas? Got any bananas? <laughs> it's funny for some reason. I have no idea. Persistence. <laughs> There's no way to manipulate your way into the kingdom of God. I don't know if that's a good point there. anyway. But if you know of Jesus and not know him personally, you need to open to him, people can know of somebody I can know of John or I can get to know him personally. you know i could I could I know him over there. Some people know God over there, but it takes you to end, open up your heart and come into a relationship with love with sacrificial love that cherishes you people don't know that God cherishes them and that they're so important to him it's so incredible how wonderful he thinks of you it's a phenomenon that he thinks of you he knows why he made he's going to be with you forever if you'll just open up to the love he just wants to pour love into you for your rest of your life it takes us a long time to get this thing But Jesus came and died so that love could go inside of you. That you could come into a relationship with him. And it not be some little robotic, little religious prig holier than you are because I'm so insecure that I have to try harder in my... No! No, you come as you are. As broken as you are. As bound as you are. As messed up as you are. You just come... And in His love, His love. When His love comes in, it does something, doesn't it? You know you don't deserve it. You want to try to live up to it. The power of His love changes us, and yet He's so holy; it's scary. He's so holy. You you have an you can have an awareness of how wicked you are and how loved you are at the same time. If he didn't have the love, you'd be running, but now you you're running to him. You know, say, I'm really messed up. Come here. Come to Daddy the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we can comfort others in their affliction. It's Daddy God coming with the comfort. And Jesus rose from the dead to release the power of that love in a dynamic way. He died for your sins. He experienced death in your place. He rose to give you eternal life in him that starts today look at this Ephesians 2 8 9 for by grace you have been saved through faith let's read this and this is not of your own doing let's read again and this is not of your own doing hello and this is not of your own doing Righteousness, your righteousness, the Bible teaches, your self-made righteousness is filthy rags. Now, maybe you haven't heard this, but when you go look up filthy rags in the original Hebrew language, it's menstrual cloth. Now, I don't know of a woman that can figure out something good to do with a minstrel cloth, other than to throw it away. And that's your self-righteousness. It's worthless. You don't come in on the basis of anything you bring. You come in on the basis of putting faith in a free gift that has been given to you. Nobody earns any of it. It says, not a result of works, so that no one can boast ever. And it's really interesting how Paul, Paul starts off, you know, I think he wrote first Corinthians when he says, I'm the least of the apostles. I love this little, and then a couple of years later, he writes the book of Ephesians and he says, I'm least of the saints. He, he's got this pecking order. It's like, I'm least of the, I'm least of the leaders. And then he goes down, he goes, I'm, I'm least of just the saints, you know, everybody. And then, then in Timothy, he goes, I'm the chief of sinners. <laughs> And it's later. I mean, he, the revelation of when you come to know Jesus, you realize, I ain't all that. I'm not all that. I'm not. My. And I'm so glad that God is all that because the older I get, I go, Are you sure you want me to be this? Thing? You know? Oh, my gosh. Isn't he wonderful, though? Isn't he wonderful the way he? Loves us and cherishes us and works with us and knows our limitations. Like Clint was you've got to know your limitations, you know. I know mine. And he doesn't seem to care whether I'm up for God to move through my life or not. He just goes, hey, you already told me 24-7 anytime, you know, Anytime. And I'll be standing next to somebody and suddenly I know stuff that Father God says, this person's on my heart. I I love him very much. I want you to tell him something. I just could cry just thinking about that because that's how wonderful he is. Or he directs you to do something to help somebody. And when you do that, you know it's him and it has an impact that goes way beyond the actual act. It's because he's governing the grace for you to do it. I'm not sure who in here is born anew, uh, if they have a life-giving relationship with the Lord or not. But um, today is the day of salvation, and this is not just Easter Sunday morning. This is, we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want to have a prayer. I want to invite you to pray. This is on two slides. Let's just look at it for a minute. First slide says, Father God, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. That's the verse we said a minute ago. And then the next part, you say, thank you for forgiving all my sins, because that comes it comes with that. Then the next slide, there's a, two more thank yous. Thank you for writing my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Isn't that wonderful? That you become a citizen of of eternity in Christ in heaven. And he goes to open the books, and there's your name. Thank you for giving me assurance in my heart that I now belong to you. I have more in the message, but as I was preparing, I just felt like I need to talk about this. I need to offer a heart, the opportunity to seal the deal. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow is the path that leads to life. And it's coming to this love, the love that you're opening to that Jesus demonstrated on the cross and then rising from the dead. To break the power of the rule of death, which we'll talk about in a minute. The fears and the things that leave when you open to Him. The first step, when you step into the relationship with Him. When you open your heart, would you just um, lift your head and just look up at the first slide there. Just think for a minute. Maybe... You gave yourself to the Lord a long time ago. Maybe you said, yeah, I've, you know, walked, but I've walked away. Well, the Lord, uh, the Lord, um, he loves you. He wants to have the fellowship again. He wants to know you. If you've never known him, this is an entry point, a starting place. If you are coming back to the Lord, I just want to recommend this. Don't walk away from the Lord. These are not the days you want to be all by yourself in this world with no quote-unquote invisible means of support. So, Father God, I pray for every heart here. I just ask that You would just soften, draw, work in our hearts. Amen. Can we look up at this? I'm just going to ask you to be bold and just declare this word. Just read it out loud. Let it come out your mouth. Let it be meant with your heart. Can we do that? Can we all do it together? Let's do it together. Father God, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Oh, Hold right there. Let's, start. Let's say praise you, Lord. Lord. Jesus is Lord. Yes. And I believe, let's go, and I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. Let's praise him now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Eternal life comes through believing in your heart that Jesus has been raised from the dead. Now let's say thank you, Lord. Thank you for forgiving all my sins. Hallelujah. 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 (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for writing my name. Thank you for writing my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you for giving me assurance in my heart that I now belong to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to be an orphan anymore. He adopted you into his family. Have to be out there on your own trying to make it all work. You can come to him and he'll set your path straight. You can put your trust in him and he'll, won't he straighten it out, Amber? Oh my gosh, won't he straighten it out, Tammy? Won't he take in and straighten it out? How many of you know you set it in his hands and he'll untangle those things that are meant for your destruction? He'll destroy what came to destroy you. We got the room full of testimonies, full of testimonies of how Jesus has said, oh, well, you're not going to carry that anymore. I'm taking that. Next thing you know, it's like, wow, and the load is getting lighter and the day is getting brighter. God has made my heart a fighter. I wrote that a lot. Let's just praise the Lord for salvation in Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are the Savior of the world. You rose from the dead. We praise you for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus spoke, you know, he spoke about his resurrection. He said he was going to do it. He said it was all going to happen. Mark 8, 31, it says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, and the chief priests and scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And this is what happened. The disciples like this, and he goes, Phew. They had no idea. It just went right over. He says, I'm going to suffer many things. I'm going to be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and I'm going to be killed. And on the third day, I'm going to rise again. Didn't get it. Never happened before. They didn't get it. But look what happened in Matthew 28, 5 and 6, when they went to the tomb. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified he is not here. He is risen, as he said. Come and see where he was laying down right there, as he said. And then he goes and plays peekaboo for forty days. Whatever he he actually spends time with the disciples for forty days in his resurrected body, explaining the kingdom of God. Incredible. So I'm going to put up a couple of thoughts. Let's look at the gospel. The crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection. A crucifixion is simply this. Your sin record is canceled. It is finished. Your sin record is canceled. Colossians two thirteen and 14 says, You who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all of your trespasses. Listen to this. By canceling the record of debt, that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Everything you've ever done or thought of doing that was wrong has been nailed to the cross. Man, this is incredible. It's canceled, canceled. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them in open shame, triumphing triumphing over them in the cross. Next one, look at this through christ through Christ's death, the power of death is destroyed. Now this is a curious thing, but Jesus' death swallowed up the power of death. It's kind of like the the whale that eats the the fish there's a big whale that eats it. you finally get to the biggest one, and this real big one comes. i don't that's silly. But Jesus' death, this, this whole thing about we're going to kill, you know, it says that had he known that he was going to rise from the dead, says Satan, the God of this world, wouldn't have even gotten involved with this crucifixion business because it was a trap. They thought once we get him down, it's over. It would have been over. But it says in Ephesians that God used exerted great power, lifted him up. It's this resurrection, everybody, this earth-shaking resurrection power that's inside of us I'm getting ahead of myself Hebrews 2 14, 15 therefore since the children share in flesh and blood he likewise partook in the same things he became flesh and blood like us that he might destroy death that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death the devil and deliver all those who fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery where this really comes uh really to play is uh, the difference between when you have a saint uh, or just a believer who's walked with the Lord, and they're coming is coming to a time of graduation day. Jesus messes around with this word death. He goes, "Fallen asleep." They fell asleep. Isn't that tender? And so when my mother went to be with the Lord. It was in contrast with another lady down the hall. A family member. This person has a serene look on their face. They're going to meet the one who loves them the most. They're going to close their eyes in this realm and open up their eyes in that realm to eternal love and be cherished forever. And the person that bought the lie and the accusations of the devil and spent their time resisting and resisting are now grinding their teeth in fear on that bed. They have a look of torment on their face. They don't look right because they're not going to where they're loved the most. They've rejected that. This is horrible. So Jesus' burial swallowed up death and broke the power of death to rule the human heart. And now also our resurrection from the dead is based on our resurrection from the dead. Excuse me. Back up. Through Christ's resurrection, we are given eternal life through his resurrection power. This this verse that I have here says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ uh, Jesus from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through the spirit dwells. And so all of the healing, all of the other graces of salvation, all the function of the Holy Spirit, all the works of the Holy Spirit, you know, when the day of Pentecost came and the Holy, the Holy Spirit poured out, That was all based on the reality of Jesus coming. you know, the the Holy Spirit is the spirit of resurrection. This is why God can take a thing that's gone wrong in your life and restore it. This is what this this concept the Lord started opening my heart to. He says, most people, this is how loving Father God is. He says, when you've had something happen very bad back here, could be in childhood, could be, but something that was ruinous, in a relationship where love in your heart, the needs for love were unmet. And there's something of a broken and a damaged area back here. Most people try to put on some kind of a you know, try to work it out, manage. I'm gonna manage it. I'm gonna bury that and get on and go and try to, you know, work it out on my own and whatever. And so they go for a season like that and they're just not whole. You know what I'm talking about? You feel like, you know, I, I just, and there's things that when, when that brokenness is there, you like try to lean on other stuff to make life work and it doesn't work. This is what I realized from Father God. He goes, that broken place back there where stuff has been left unhealed, that's what I want to heal. Because today you're not complete. You're not whole. You're not who I intended you to be. You're not the one that I want to 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 partner with and pour love into. I, it's amazing, isn't it? And then he says, "But I want to. I'm going to heal that. I'm going to heal that. I'm going to restore that. And when that's restored, then look at this. Then that relationship with him will be restored, even greater. How many of you are like? Okay, I want to. I, this is kind of funny, but I want more of what the Lord has for me. <sighs> Is it going to hurt? Well, sometimes you got to feel it to heal it. Love conquers, love casts out fear. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay. We're almost we're at the end here. I have a whole nother section, and we're not going to do that. Heather's be like, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I want to say this, okay, so now, okay, let me just sum this up real quick. So, these uneducated Galileans, these disciples, who running like rats, just don't want to be identified, except for John, at the cross, just ran. They were like, we didn't know it was going to be this bad. But then he does the little pop in and out thing, and gathers them all together. And come here, Thomas, check it out. Put your hand right here. It's me. It's me. It's me. Check the side. It's it's me. It's me. It's me, Thomas. It's me. The resurrected Christ. Here I am. I'm here. And this is the beautiful thing about the Lord. If you need more proof, He'll show up and give it to you. He'll just show up and give it to you. He'll visit you in the night. He'll come and hang out with you. You'll open your Bible, and He'll be sitting there and wait till you hit this page, baby. (laughs) I'm going to start talking. He's just so wonderful. How can you not fall in love with Him when your heart's designed for Him. And so the disciples basically, in a nutshell, walked in the resurrection power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Peter shows up. There's this guy. He's been begging. He's like over 30-something, 38 years. I don't know how long. Just He's a beggar. And we have a whole song, you know, based on the experience. He reaches down and says, I don't have any silver and gold, but what I do have, I'll give you, you know. And he reaches down and takes his hand and this guy stands up and he starts dancing around. And they go through a rough reaction with the government. And I want to tell you something. When you go ahead and preach the gospel anyway, the miracles show up. The miracle power of Jesus begins to manifest. So. We have our marching orders. If you want the miracles of the book of Acts, have the heart of the disciples who lived it. And there's this one little thing, and this is what I want to say. Lord, may this happen in our, our um, town. Acts 5, 12 through 16. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets to lay them on coats and mats. And then that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Praise the Lord.